0: Let's today talk about interviewing intensive questions and answers. We're going to keep this kind of low key. We've got guests coming in 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 just a couple of minutes as well. Uh, But Michelle just talked about and Paul just talked about kind of these, you know, some dilemmas that are going on. There is, I will tell you, because of the volatility, one of the top recruiting groups in North Carolina that has accounts with SAS, they've got them with RTI, this President of this company told me Gary Green told me um, you know right now since the last time I talked to him, which wasn't that long ago, fifty some of their recruiters are all out of their like apartment or homes. So there's a big disconnect a lot of times, and I'm not saying Green Resources like this, but with who's you know who's talking to who, they interview and screen Paul Kreisch out of Charlotte, great guy, excellent thing. Send him to the next person. A lot's lost in translation. I think. You could look at that as a problem or it could be an advantage for you because if you can help those things move along or get to a person who can kind of clarify and understand you and get you like we're trying to do with both of the Michelles here and others, um, could be an advantage for you. Uh, One of my clients uh, and who's coming on, Stephen was just hired, so I think he could talk. Dana, why don't you make a couple of remarks on the subject at hand? We've got special guests, another special guest coming in in about five minutes.
1: Well, I think this whole interview process can it can be intimidating no matter who you are, no matter how accustomed you are at dialogue and interaction. It can be it can feel a little overwhelming because there are uncertainties. And especially intimidating when you go in and you realize that it's kind of helter skelter on the other side. Like nobody knows. As an example, Paul gave Michelle, what job are we hiring for? You know, and so. You have to be very adaptable. Um, I can get into, as this unfolds, John helped with, uh, with my book, Careering. I have like top 10 interviewing mistakes that might be helpful to cover at some point, some other things, but three, th- three questions that, it. let's assume that the recruiters are all, are actually focused on and, and, and have clarity about what they're hiring for. Assume that for a second, because so far in this conversation, Two examples, they haven't been, but let's assume they're spot on. There are three questions every hiring manager really wants to know about you or the candidate, you as a candidate. Number one, can you
2: do the job? Number two, will you do the job?
1: And number three, will you fit in? And if those, when you think about it, all and those who have hired. Those are really the things you're driving at, even though the questions might take different forms and so forth. That's really the underlying root cause of what you're looking for in a hire, uh, in a hiring situation.
0: And this is this is tough because we're, we've got so many different experience levels, and you know, on this call. But Dana, I agree with you, and especially too, you know, even asking a question if you can fit some good questions in, like, could you tell me a little bit more about? The culture, the you know, the team that I would be working for, and then you're you're reading them and you're getting some insight uh, there. If you can ever find out the kind of people you'll be around, and look like you'd be excited to join that group or lead that group or be a participant in that group, or you know, for people that are possibly interviewing for jobs that are possibly for quote younger people, talk about how you've helped and worked with and enjoy working with people. I wouldn't say younger, maybe I would say different teams of different diverse backgrounds. And I think that could be appealing as well. Um, having questions for them, Dana, is really important. Uh, and I think, uh, has anyone faced another like interview round? John, you just said you did. Give us real briefly something valuable to this group. And then again, we got a speaker coming in kind of in a couple of minutes. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm giving you valuable. I was really
3: underwhelmed by mine. They asked really poorly conceived questions and the person who, it was a director level position and the person I would report to wasn't even in the panel or on the panel. Well, how I did had you, three pages.
4: How,
0: let me interrupt you a little bit. How did you make it, did you make it valuable? Did you, did you do the best you can
3: so you survive in advance? What did you do? I did. I, I did it the best I could. I feel like I probably should be one of their top candidates. I answered their questions. I even, at one point, I answered the question they were trying to ask, but they didn't. I got what they were trying to ask, and I answered it, um, and I asked them some questions themselves. You know, one of the questions they asked are, what would your goals be for this organization in the next three to five years? You know, my answer was, well, I, don't, I would be completely new to this organization, so it would be inappropriate for me to tell you what my goals would be, other than it would be growth and improvement, um, but I would expect to work with you to develop some goals and the next three to five years did they like that answer i think she did the hr director seemed very pleased by that answer because and that's literally i had three pages of questions to ask them and that was one of the questions i had and i even said i had that's one of my questions i wanted to ask you is what would the immediate goals and medium and long-term goals for this person in this position be so So, one little tip i would have on
0: interviewing too when when they if it's just general okay We'll, we'll individualize this to you but if they ever ask for questions, and I'm not saying you did anything wrong, John, you got to make the call while you're in there. And believe you, you've made some great emergency calls, being an EMT leader and so on that I don't even want to compete with. <clears throat> but if someone says toward the end, do you, have any, do you have any questions for us? I think a good answer by the way is, you know, I, I, I had a number of questions I wrote down, like it, but I think you've hit most of those, but let me just ask you this or one or two. Because you, you don't want to go, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm sitting here and this guy's got a sheet of questions going to drive me crazy. But if given the opportunity, I can't believe how many times I've been on like a panel interview or heard back from a hiring manager. They were like, you know, he was really pretty good. But at the end, I just said, do you have any questions for us? And he was just like, no, I, I think you covered them all.
3: That is not usually good. Not yeah, um, much. My, 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 my plan had been to. I was hoping that in the interview process they would answer the majority of them, and then I had like a couple starred that I really wanted to ask that was going to be my question. Okay, um, and, then I did, and, then, and then I did use the other, the, and I don't remember who said it, one of our other interviews. You know, I asked them at the end, you know, is there anything that I didn't answer um, completely or that would keep you from wanting to support me for this position? And they actually the HR director did have one follow-up for me from good. that question. That's not bad. I like
0: that. Don't be afraid to use that, Nikki. What do you think of these questions? It's good. We're picking on you because you're you you got some HR in your blood.
2: Yeah, most definitely. At um, the you know asking questions at the end uh, is you know always a good thing. We were taught that in school. You know, never leave an interview without asking them a question because ultimately you're interviewing them as well. Uh, make sure they fit in with you. So.
0: Well, and I think, you know, I was complimenting Nikki because her dad's, you know, been very big in HR. He's retired now. And he, he asked me, I think, two questions. And I just went on. And, you know, I was like, he is such a good listener. And so, you know, remember the, I think it's Dale Carney, in one of those books where it's like the person, you know, Dale Carney, I think it's him talking to someone else. And it's, he goes on and on and on and on and on. And, on. and uh, the person, when talking to someone else later about him, said, and he was the one, you know, he was the one that was listening. He said, oh, what a good conversationalist. And he asked like, like your dad did like one question to let the person speak. But you can, I think enthusiasm and heart comes out. And uh, another thing that I think is lost in this culture a little bit is empathy in your stories. Uh, we just did interview intensive training with, you know, a couple executives yesterday. Here's something that you would not think a very high level executive would not have right on the front Uh, of his hands, and I think this is true at any level, early early career to later, is do you have right now three stories that you were like, oh, I could tell this story a a bunch of times, you know, whether I've been a student mostly and have a couple early jobs and internships, or I'm more established in my career. So have some things you can talk about that have a problem action result and really kind of like a movie, you know, there's something that's crazy going on around you or, or that you helped Order, or you helped calm down, and let those stories relate to those people. So always have those. Steve, you're hot off the griddle, just got hired, but tell us a little bit about your interview intense experience, and if you can impart any wisdom to this group. And then I think we got our guests coming in.
5: Wisdom with with a small W, maybe. Um, I I think uh, John just mentioned it. When do you have a situation where you have? If an interviewer has they've asked all the questions or raised all the things that you're going to say, and you get to the end, I always kind of just play it back a little bit, and I'll literally physically will hold up my sheet and say, and add the question: Do you have any questions? I would say, well, you've hit my main questions on, and then kind of list them to show that you're you're prepped. And I'm I'm a big thing about kind of the yellow pad in front, right? Um, And then often it depends where you are in the phase, because if I'm talking to a HR Talent person on the front end, I'll probably say something like, "You know, I've got a ton of more, ton more questions about your go-to-market strategy, target accounts, how you want to, how you approach, you know, your competitors." Kind of put it out of their realm because they're not going to be able to answer those questions. And nine times out of ten, they'll they'll say that they'll say, "Yeah, those those aren't questions I can touch on." But and in, in the next stage, that's, we, we get into that. That Steve, that's really good because. Gosh, I I better move him
0: along. That's that's a good creating an unfair advantage for yourself. Say, so, you know, I do have a number of questions that, you know, I wouldn't say for the next person or there's someone more qualified. But I'd say, you know, you know, at the next round, I I do have some right. questions about some of the strategies, some of the team dynamics that I'd be a part of. But you know, I, I hope we can you know go to that next level because I'm really interested in the position. If you have questions, you're interested. Let me turn to one of our all star guests, and that is. Thank you, Nikki, for that. Uh, Dale Carnegie. Why didn't I mention you when I said Dale Carnegie? That's who she works for now. Sometimes we're not supposed to say where people are working, but uh, Reed just joined the show. Will Barfield, uh, would you like to say hello?
6: Oh, hello. Absolutely. Thank you, John. I was When you said all-star, I was looking to see who else was on this call. So um, <laughs> um, let me know. I want to I hear whatever that person has to say.
0: It's you, my friend. We're putting the spotlight on you. Well, meet. Some great people on the call. We've got Bruce Scott, Gabriella. We've got Michelle times two. We've got Paul times two. We We've got Elizabeth, Janice, uh, uh, Doctor Vicky, Doctor Doctor Kevin using the first names Doctor and uh, Pratik all the way from Qatar. And you know some of our folks. You're meeting people for the first time. We're talking about interview intensive. What are some of the questions you're seeing asked by employers? What are some of the like insider tips you could give us today to kind of give us an unfair advantage if we're a little early career or if we're a little more advanced or trying to change things up. Come and help us, man.
6: So happy to do that. And and you know, I, I think I'll start with um advice that I give. And then maybe you all who are on here and you probably already have covered some of this can we can go through kind of you know interview questions or how to navigate that or you know why are they asking me this and um you know we can kind of work that around. Uh, it's good to see the both Paul's on here. I mean, you can't even get away with Paul K. I mean, you there's, there's no shortcut with them. Cause they, you know, I guess, you know, that's complex. It that would be easy to get confused there or maybe I'm just easily confused. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you for the, the invitation uh, for those of you who know me, and I've had interaction with many of you and appreciate, you know, friends like Dana and Prateek, um and Stephen and, you know, new friends like Nikki uh, that I'm going to be making soon, and others. So uh, grateful for the the connections to um, many of you. Have, I'm here in Raleigh. I've been in sales uh, for over 22 years. I've been in the recruiting industry for more than 16. John and I have known each other since 2004. Um, and when we, you know, I first moved into the, the old building together, and I was working for a downstairs staffing agency, and we just figured out that we could be really good referral partners. At, I needed people and he had people and that I would run into folks that needed help. And he liked helping. So it was a great match. And we've been wonderful friends and he's been a a champion of mine for a long time. And I his. so uh, when I get a chance to come and talk to this group, it's a great compliment. It's a, it's a very dynamic market folks. It's a, it's, I've been doing this for 16 years. uh, And I've never seen a velocity like this uh, on the hiring front. It's noisy though. And there's a lot of traffic. And it's hard to navigate. And an market, an exciting market, and a fast-moving market doesn't necessarily mean that it's a winning market, um, because it, it's busy. Um, when you do get to the interview, and you are at that, that precipice where you're you're prepping, um, you know, I did a, a presentation like this a little week week and a half ago for a um, another organization. They're mostly salespeople, but I think that what I talked to them about applies. Anyway. So I'm going to go through that. Some of this you've already heard before, some of it's you know, 101, and maybe some of it's new, but then hopefully that'll lead to some jumping off and we could do some QA here before I need to go. But um, number one, in no particular order here. Number one, do your research. And what does research mean when I'm talking to Ken about getting ready for an interview? The simple things are go to the website, right? And look at what the company does and make sure that you have an understanding of being able to talk about them um, with some, you know, examples and education about the the company or their space or their segment or what it is about, you know, that, that particular business that led you to apply. Research the company, please. Number two, check out that job description. Know it well. Whatever it is at the posting, if if you are having a conversation about a particular job, as opposed to it being more of an informational, and John and I will make these connections at times. Dana too, just connecting you to someone who'll do an informational interview. They don't really have an opening, but you're a highly recommended candidate and you got skills and they want to know you. If it's one where you can prep on the job description, prep on the job description. And make sure that when you look at the job description, you also go to the about page or the missions and values page or whatever it is on that website where the company talks about who they are and what they stand for and what they believe in. Because if you do that and you pay attention to those pages in that context and you go back and you look at the job description through that lens, you're going to see some similarities. And I call that their love language. That is how they talk about themselves. This is who we are. This is what we believe in. This is what we do. These are the kinds of people we're looking for. You will see similarities there. And then what you do is you weave that wording into your interview conversation. Just be thoughtful about working those words in, not in, you know, making it super obvious, but if you talk to them in the way that they talk to themselves, we're conveying you know a potential level of fit that will resonate, even if it doesn't resonate constantly in front of you in that moment. We're just taking the opportunity to plant little seeds. And that's easily done through research. Research your interviewer if you can, right? If you know who it is, uh, whether it's recruiting or human resources, if you've got to kind of go through that first stage, or if it's the hiring manager or multiple people, check them out on LinkedIn. Let them see that you looked at them. Don't invite them yet, unless you know you feel like you've got enough forward-leaning momentum that that makes sense, or you you know use a really really personal introduction. Just let them know that you're looking at them because we all check out LinkedIn and we see who's looking at us and they can tell that you did your research on them. If your interviewer and you have some commonalities, same college, maybe you both are in the same sorority or, you know, you both worked at the same company, but at different times, or you both like the same team or whatever. If there's something that you can find, make sure that you weave that into the conversation as well. Um, I always tell people come in, you know, come in with notes, come in with questions. They don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a litany of them, but you're going to have some, you should, that come out of your research and be prepared in the conversation to adjust those questions. What's really what I really like to do is, is tell people, you know, show that you are, you know, giving the three E's, right? You're giving energy, um, you're giving enthusiasm, and you're giving engagement. That engagement piece is how you shift that question. Like, hey, John, you, know, you brought up earlier, blah, blah, blah. And I had the, a question prepared for you today. I was going to kind of go over these things, but based on what you said, I actually want to change that question a little bit and reposition it, such and such and yada, yada. Engagement. John's like, oh, this guy's tuned in. Um, he's processing uh, at a high level, and, and he's just not in numb you know, interview robot mode. It's very easy to, to slip into that. Um, so that's, a, that, that's something that I try to encourage people to do. Make sure that you answer questions in detail, but you don't take them off the road and into the woods, right? Let, let's not go on that journey. Don't meander. Don't fill space just because you're nervous and you just keep talking, right? Because then they're going to find out about your weird uncle and that's going to be uncomfortable and you don't want to get personal in there. So, just be answer succinctly and give good value and move on. Um, but be careful about getting off track. And you know, you're only going to have a certain amount of time and you got to accomplish a lot in that period. And then a final thing, and I didn't number all these. I I gave you one and then I didn't give you any more numbers. That's about as high as I can count. Um, so, lastly, show of hands. Okay. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, seen it? know what I'm talking about, right? Alec Baldwin. If you haven't
2: seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Alec Baldwin.
6: YouTube. Movie from 1990, I think. Great cast based on a play. Jack Lemmon, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin, all-star. And it's about salespeople in Manhattan in real estate. But Baldwin comes in as a trainer, and he is a – but it's a really, really interesting and funny and disturbing scene. But his famous line in there is, always be closing. ABC, always be closing. Every single interview is a closing opportunity. And I know that Steve, my BD guy, knows this. Um, But every interview is a closing opportunity. So that moment comes at the end of the interview, and 99% of human beings – Give the power over to the interviewer because John's interviewing me or Bruce maybe. And Bruce is like, Hey, well, this has gone really well. Appreciate your time today. Here's what's going to happen next. I'm going to talk to the hiring manager and then we're going to meet in a room and then we're going to count to 10 and do a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. And then maybe I'll get back to you in two weeks and kind of let you know where you stand. I'm picking on the interview process, obviously, but you know, we'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll get back to you. Do you have any more questions? Most people at that point have handed the control over. Bruce just told me what's going down. They're going to do this. He's going to meet with these people, and they'll get back to me. And most folks, are in. they're already being passive. <clears throat> they already feel like that they're, they're just grateful to have the interview. So, like, no, no more questions. Thank you so much. This has really been a wonderful experience. I know you've got things to do on your side from a process perspective. Look forward to you all following up with me later. And, you know, goodbye, right? And that's an F it's a fail. Critical, critical failure. Because what you should do in that moment, whether this is a sales job or an accounting job or you know, whatever, newspaper delivery, you should say, yeah, actually, I do have one more question. Um, I was really super interested in this before we got together. And now even more so after this interview, I feel like this is an outstanding opportunity, and I feel like I'm a really good fit for this. Is there any reason you wouldn't move me forward in the interview process? What do I need to do to make sure that I go to the next stage? Because I'm all in. Grab the power, turn it around, and put a call to action on it.
2: And drive process. Own it.
6: And, And put them in a position where they've got to give you something. And now we've, you know, now we got something to hold on to, to follow up based on, you know, because we're all going to do thank you notes. Um, but, you know, you do a thank you note and you reference that. And you, you use that traction to pull you to the next stage in the interview process. And with thank you notes on closure there, yes, a thank you note, nothing wrong with handwritten but I wouldn't do solely handwritten. I do handwritten and email because people are used to email and speed. They want to be thanked quickly. I got clients that whine to me, but you know, Michelle didn't send me a thank you note within 24 hours. Whew! So, so, should you should do if you want to do the written, get, get the email over there first because you know who knows with the postal service nowadays might take a week. Um, make sure your email or your handwritten note, whatever you go with, both. That you consider that an extension of the interview process. That's almost like um, you know a writing sample. You're showing them how you communicate, and you know just don't make it super short. Don't get don't go off the highway again into the woods. But you know a couple of paragraphs of the intro and a close, referencing some things in the interview that mattered or some personal stuff that came out. You're like, Hey, you know, it's great that we both, you know, like blah, blah, blah team. And, you know, I'm glad you said, I'll be hearing from you and John by Friday. I'll check in with, um, you know, on that date to see what we're doing next. You know, you're my favorite person ever. Love Paul. Maybe or may XO, if you don't, you know, depending on how you feel about the person. Um, but, that, you know, him, Zach, but
0: That was deadpan.
6: Yeah. Well, I do a lot of that. It's for my own amusement, really. John's the only one that laughs at my stuff. That's why we're still <laughs> friends. Um, but yeah, thoughts, questions, feedback that everybody already knew all of that. And you know, this was a waste of 15 minutes.
0: No, no, no. Uh, quick question from me, but I want to turn it over to the group. Uh, we talked about the power of stories. You can make them succinct. You can illustrate. You can talk about the chaos you were landed in. You portray yourself as a calm influence on and hand on the till, someone who's helped with results, even if you're early career later. Talk about the power of stories and how you might frame one. Maybe give us, you know, an example of something impressive. Uh, And then I'd like to open it up because we want to ask Will a couple more questions if we can.
6: Yeah, love that point. And with the story, uh, you know, certainly try as best you can to make sure that you're tying it to something professional that's relevant to that particular position or situation. I've had a lot of clients recently tell me I'm removing um, Kevin from the process because, you know, we got talking about personal stuff and it was just way too uncomfortable, way too early in our communication. So, um, you know, uh, when I'm, I mean, I haven't interviewed in a long time. I've interviewed a lot of others, but things that I like, um, you know, it actually happened to me with a, a guy I was screening today. He Took the time to look at my LinkedIn profile and noticed that my first job uh, out of college was in minor league baseball. And uh, I did that for six years and worked for the Carolina Mudcats. And for those of you who never worked in minor league sports, uh, it's a fraternity uh, and it changes you. And uh, it, it, it imbues in you a work ethic that uh, is um, amazing. And it's, it's a brother and sisterhood if you've survived that. So. He was in minor league baseball too. He got out of school with a um, exercise science degree, but you know, ended up landing in minor league baseball sales because that I know how that happens. But he was telling me a, he brought up that point, and he was telling me a story about the you know work ethic that was imbued in him due to this thing that happened at this one game. And you know, you know, Will, coming from uh, your experiences. Like, you know, you don't get the tarp on the field, you lose the game, you lose money. And all, it has all these other, you know, impacts on the business for, for weeks to come. And, you know, I was doing this and I did that. But he's like, the, the point is, I'm dedicated, I can be counted on, and I will make sure that I cover the field before the storm. I will make certain that, you know, everything is in order and that nothing's left hanging and I take care of of my client or, you know, my employer, depending on the dynamic of the position. Uh, But it was it was a great uh, relevant story that not only tied him with my background, but that also for him, knowing that he was talking to someone who would understand drove home that point about work ethic and commitment and, you know, you having your back and that kind of thing.
0: All right, that is awesome. And I think just making it relevant to you, but then bringing it back and say, that's, I've never lost that since my days in baseball, that kind of mindset. All right, let me open it up. Questions that you've been, you've faced, an interview question that's driving you crazy. Let's get real here, folks. What have you faced? Let's put good old, my good man, Will, on the spot.
6: I'm old. You can put good old in there. Good old, terrible. Anyone's face. a question.
2: Go ahead. I have just a question. Um, I know a lot of people are starting to get back into the workforce or maybe they're switching up their jobs, you know, now that COVID's been here for a year and people are feeling more comfortable with the vaccine. Um, And I've noticed a lot of times, like, for, you know, the entry levels or those, like, three to five years, there's people that would have, like, 10, 15 years of experience that are applying for those jobs and getting those interviews. What is some tips or tricks that you can tell us, you know, for those that are in the three to five years? What can we do to stand out against people who have been, in the field for 10 to 15 years.
6: And as you're referencing that point, are you saying, Nikki, that you are, when you apply to this position, that you have at least the minimum requisite number of years for the role? Yes. Okay. So they may say three to five, and will I'm you know, if I'm in that three to five zone, you know, how do I compete against someone who may have, you know, 10 to 15. Interesting yeah. question. I'm going to invert that on you. I am going to answer your question, but I'm going to invert that on you. I'm ha- I could have exactly the same conversation with someone who's in that 10 to 15 saying, "How in the world am I going to interview job because it says, you know, 3 plus. Am I going to get looked at as overqualified, as too expensive, or as likely to leave after they hire me because this is a way station for me until something else comes along?" There, it is challenging on both sides. Uh, and, you know, every party is going to face their, their own uphill battle. If someone puts, you know, three to five years of experience or three plus or whatever, and, and you're on, in, in that experience zone, the next thing I want you to do is, is look at that position description, trade yourself against it. Is this going to have five or seven or 10 or 15 requirements it's going to say you know preferred preferred means must have by the way in case you're wondering um preferred's just a word that's used to pretend like we're letting everybody in but we're really not um, so look at that and then grade yourself so let's say you get
2: seven out of ten that's a d
6: so think about you know, where you are in your profile and, and do I have enough on here to get over the threshold? You know, I got clients that if it's three to five and somebody's got two plus, but they're a dynamo and they check the rest of the boxes, they're not concerned about the years. Um, they're concerned about the aptitude. Uh, so it, it really is about how if I clear the experience hurdle, how do I check out against the rest of the requirements on here? And also keep in mind industry. If you got everything but industry, it's unbelievably hard right now. Must have pharma, must have software, you know, must have something. And I know I got people who are dealing with that on this Zoom right now. So, the, if you got the the industry and you got the minimum number of years and you can you know, get like eighty percent of the rest of that, then uh, absolutely go for it um, because you know you, you are. I would worry less about being on the front end of that experience situation. I think there's actually, it's harder for the folks on the senior side of that experience spectrum to be the ones to get the interview and get the consideration because they're going to look at you as an up and comer who is probably right at the spot in terms of budget. And if I apply and I got 15 plus and I crush that job description, they're going to be like, I wonder if he's going to be too expensive or, you know, the title that we're offering here is below the title he had at his last position or whatever. So there's other hurdles. I answered your question and didn't, and then tried again and kind of wandered around it. But I think I got the most of what you read.
0: You did. And remember the point of view that Will's coming from is he is, he and his team are on the front lines of recruiting. These are companies that say, I want, give me the perfect robot, the 10 out of 10. And so he doesn't get paid. If if he doesn't bring them close to that. But we all know there's some gray area, there's some margins, and Dana knows this and others, and and Will knows this. Sometimes you've got that it factor, that relation factor, that ability to connect, that you know, heart and passion and network. And you've you've picked up three or four skills that someone at your age didn't want to do. They didn't want to take a four-week course on Salesforce or something. Sometimes heart wins, Rod. Brooks just hired someone that he eliminated eight other candidates and I found out he hired someone with very little experience because she prepared better. She did better follow through uh, and she had a better network into him. Um, and she's working out after a couple of months here. So, so just remember where he's coming from, but all this is valid. That's the fight that's out there. The good news is, Will, look at all the stories about the companies coming here, the talent there's a lot of movement and activity. And as you say, noise, let's all take advantage of that. All right, we got questions. If you could stick around. critique first, go.
7: Yeah, so my question is, do they still ask, what's your greatest weakness, area for improvement? Are you supposed to self-disclose? Or, I mean, how do you approach that sort of question? That's a great question, critique. Thank you for asking that
6: one. Um, they do, and I don't like it. I, I just don't. I think, I think it sucks. Um, but you're going to have to deal with it. Right. So just like with the closing piece I was talking about though, you know, they, they asked me that question, bring it because I'm controlling this interview, not you. This is my interview. You already got a job. I want one. Right. So give me the power. So, you know, I will happily give a weakness, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, present that weakness as a strength because you can't not answer the question. And You know, I had a a guy recently that was like, I got to ask that question. I fell apart because, you know, I struggled to find a weakness. And then I then I meandered and I didn't ask the question and the whole rest of the interview felt like it was ruined. And I had a client recently rejected someone because they said, you know, Scott, I didn't have any weaknesses. Who doesn't? I don't believe that. So uh, it's almost a a, there's no way to win. Right. It's like your friend asks you, you know, do I look good in this dress? Ooh. Um yeah, I, I had a phone call to make. It's very hard to win that question. So in, in that whole weakness, I would say that my weakness, uh, if someone was asked me that is, is probably time management and that I, I, I want to do more of my time than I had the time to do. And uh my wife will tell me and she'll tell you that I'm uh, I I donate so much of my time to help. Um and really because it feeds my soul, it's selfish. And yet, you know, then at the end of the evening when my family is, you know, scrambling for time with me, I'm still trying to do all the other things I promised people I'd do
7: during the course of the day. So but it, you know, manage so the so you wanna have you wanna have that, you wanna have an answer to that question ready and you wanna tee it up so that it can also be pitched as a strength under certain circumstances, right? Yes. And John?
0: Well, I just, I think he's embedded that in something that's, that's quite likable about someone who's, I know for a fact, you know, what you do in the community and the volunteer and you give yourself away, you're doing it this morning. Um, And, you know, I think you, you can embed, don't, don't pick the cliche answer to a weakness question, like I'm a perfectionist or whatever, but just say, Hey, you know, sometimes just because I'm committed, you know, I will you know, being a slight workaholic is not bad, being someone who, you know, there have been a couple of times over the years in the past, you know, people have said, sometimes you, you're just, sometimes you're too enthusiastic. I mean, you need to be real with us and tell us, you know, what's really going on. We can handle, you know, the, the tough reality. And, you know, I tend to look at the glass half full. I'm, you know, that's just my personality. Like, it's not a terrible weakness, but it might be something you have to remember. Hey, I, you know, for some people, they want to know the facts and the numbers and the figures. And I've learned, you know, how to communicate with those people. But spin it to the positive, have fun with it. Um, let me go. Thank you, Will. That was great. Dr. Kevin.
8: Yeah, hi. So one question that I've run into uh, increasingly recently is related to diversity and, and inclusion. And, you know, how do you incorporate that into your uh, into your work and and that sort of thing? You have sort of Perspectives on on what employers are looking for there. What good ways to to answer that are? Um, I mean, I can talk about how I do that, but you know, I'd be probably more interesting to to hear your thoughts about that.
6: Happy to answer that. Before you mute yourself, can you give me some additional context? An example of a question, a setting where that happened, the employer, what was going on? I, I need a little bit more data around it. Right,
8: right. So most of the jobs I apply for have been with the government, federal government, universities. Um, Those are the ones I've been interviewing for, right? And in those cases, they are very concerned about about diversity and inclusion in terms of the people they hire and the people they hire being sensitive to those in, in a variety of different ways. So Uh, When I answer, I talk about, you know, making or understanding first that diversity makes us stronger in a lot of different ways. A lot of different kinds of diversity are important. Uh, I try to be inclusive in my conversations and in meetings and that sort of thing. And one thing I also bring in is, you know, I have a daughter and I'm supportive of my wife's career and things like that. So I don't so I don't know how useful that is. But, you know, that's kind of been my approach to this point.
6: And your background, real quick, Kevin, and the kinds of jobs you're applying for, what you've done for a living in your career and the, and the types of positions you're interviewing a, for.
8: Yeah, I'm a research scientist in uh, in forestry and ecology.
0: Let me just, I know I'm jumping in. I'm sorry, but I want to just really quickly, and Will will answer this, I know, but we have an incredible resource, Dr. Kevin. You and Dr. Vicki should talk about this, how to integrate this, because you're both academic. She's She understands this subject. I'm not saying that's the only thing. And let me do a commercial for Will. Will and I actually talked about the importance of diversity and inclusion, showing your business. And uh, I'm going to brag on him because he's melded himself to the diversity movement in this area. He's done podcasts. He's championed it. So if one of the things I would say, Dr. Kevin, is that you could put yourself in a position where you're actually on a board or volunteering or doing something today or tomorrow. We'll throw it back to you because you've done that with your business. I associate, associate you with diversity and inclusion because you've made it a point to make that and champion that cause.
6: No, great point, John. You're right. I, I was very fortunate uh, about a year ago to get asked by Donald Thompson, who is the founder of Walk West, as well as a diversity movement, to be his voice and strategic partner for uh, DEI, uh, as looking at the world of, of recruiting through that lens. It was a wonderful ask. I don't know if you've watched the podcast that I did with him, and I'm not shilling for that. But the interesting thing that he pointed out in that podcast was, I, I reached out to you on purpose. He said, because you know, as a, a black entrepreneur, if all I do is bring on other strategic partners that are black entrepreneurs, then I'm going you know, exactly against the diversity that I'm trying to preach. He said, I needed a 45-year-old white guy on there. He said, that's diverse. And he said, you, 45-year-old white guy, you've had the power. Now, you're almost being forced marginalized as the enemy. On the flip side of how diversity is being done, he said, your perspective matters a ton. And you're talking to people all over the country and, you know, and major metros about DEI. He said, you got clients deciding whether or not they work with you based on the fact that you're a woman-owned business and that you're associated with me. He said, so... Love having you involved. To your question, though, um, the, the, what, what they're referencing, what they want to hear when they ask you that question, here, here are the things that are going through their head, okay? As the employer, the employer, number one, they got to be multi-generational with their workforce. They do. Ageism is still a thing. But. It is unbelievably different than it was 12 months ago. DEI has changed that. They got to be multi-generationally diverse. Number two, they got to reflect their community. They got to look like their community. Number three, you know, it's a little bit different with the government, but if it's a you know, commercial entity or private sector, they got to look like their client base. So are, are they diverse in that manner? So, you know, I would take a question like that and then they will be, you know, what's your stance on DEI um, and, you know, how, to, how how's that impacted you and your career or, you know, the wages you're going to tackle that moving forward? And I'd say, I would say, you know, DEI is, you know, it's at the forefront. It's a business imperative. It's super critical right now, not only for employees, but employers to be thinking about, you know, from my stance on DEI, I think not only do we need to think, talk about, you know, race and gender, but also multi generational. I think we need to, as an employer veterans, yeah, yes. Uh, and Donald's even got you know, disabilities included in that, right? Thank you. So, um, we need, I think we need to look like our community. I want to work for an employer that reflects his community, and I think we need to, you know, make sure that we are opening up opportunities for employees and employers to work on. You know, DEI initiatives together, whether it's something that you know the, the folks internally do, uh, there's certain committees that run it. Um, you know, I I would raise my hand and and happily start something like that if if you know the opportunity was there, blah, 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 such and yada, yada. But those are really okay. the three things that the employers are being preached at by consultants like Donald. Yes, John?
0: Do what Will has done and tie yourself to some movements within your field or industry. It, you know, that might not take an hour a week, an hour a month, that might be related to a part of that if it's a passion area for you, that doesn't hurt to bring that up. And you can volunteer in a lot of different ways to promote diversity in its entire definition um, within organizations. That, that would be my suggestion. We could look for that in the Fed side too, Will.
6: I got to jump. If there's one more question, I can take one more. And if we're out of questions and I will, I will slip away, but I, I hope this has been helpful. And for those of you who aren't connected to me on LinkedIn, I encourage you to, to connect and John does a great job of networking working me with, with folks and I'm happy to, um, you know, take time or, you know, communicate back and forth and help uh, well, in any way we, I can.
0: We we appreciate, we we love you. Uh, All right. He gave us one chance, one question. I'm not going to be the one to ask it. Go ahead.
6: I have a
2: question, Will.
4: Thank
6: yes. you. Yeah. Um, all right. This is my outro here. Go for it. <laughs>
4: what, what would you do if you were over 50 out of the workforce for nine years and trying to compete for an entry level position? Let's just say in accounting.
2: And you're new uh, to the area.
6: So, number one, you're
2: doing something brilliant by being here. Because uh,
6: the way to win is the network. I would network my little tushy off. I got 15,000 LinkedIn connections. You need to be connected to me. That's how you get, that's how you get in. Uh, I got a client. I got a gentleman I was talking to yesterday. He's been interviewing for entry-level sales jobs at Pendo and Bandwidth and all these cool places. And you know, he's 34. He is not ancient. But he doesn't look like them. He's not twenty-four. Yeah, you know, he has to shave when he gets up every morning. Like he's—he is not your typical entry-level. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that joke, Kevin. Uh, that that entry-level, you know, inside salesperson, you know, that just—I mean, just got a license to drive and can like like you know buy alcohol and rent cars. Wait, I mean, so he came to me because he said. I know, he said, I've been working on this since August. I got no job. Came to me to access my network, got three interviews. Because I can go to someone and say, hey, hold on. I know you're not seeing these things. But trusted contact of mine, who I have a history with, you need to stop and take a look at Reed. He's not just taking this job as a way station for something else he's new to the area, he's got these skills, he'll come in for you know less than market money, bust his tail and you know set you on the right track and escalate internally very quickly. That's impossible to do as an external job applicant. You're going to get eliminated right off the bat. And number 2, if you waste the time to write a cover letter to say all that, you've done just that. You've wasted time. Because so- they don't read the cover letters think about this real quick, just stats. This is a fun stat. Let's say an average uh, internal recruiter to company has 10 jobs they're working on, 10 jobs, 200 applicants a week, 2,000. Resume, two pages on average, cover letter, three. Three times 2,000 is 6,000 pages of information a week. How many human beings read 6,000 pages of information a week? None. They're not going to read it. So use your network as a human cover letter. And you couldn't be plugged into a better one here in Raleigh Durham between me and John and Dana and the folks that are on that. I mean, we have got tendrils and tentacles that go out everywhere. He just throws stuff by us and say, Hey, I'm really interested in this company. Who do you know? And I mean, there are folks on this Zoom that can attest right now that they got email strands going with me and John back weeks. You know, who do you know? Highlight. That help?
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Will, thank you. And volunteer, volunteer, do some of the things Will's done and get out there. Right now, the nice thing is you can have distance cups of coffee. It's not all Zoom. Um, there's even an in person, God forbid, networking meeting tonight called Rockstar Connect. So people are itching to make human connections and make them. So it's never too late, Reed. The, the weather's beautiful right now. Do it. Let's all give uh, Will a hand for coming in.
6: Thank you, sir. Always a treat, John. Be well, everybody.
0: All right, appreciate you. All right, folks, remember to connect with Will Barfield and send him a note. Make it personal to you. Hey, I enjoyed your talk today. Could we connect and have a conversation? Reed, will you promise to do that? All right, good stuff. All right, well, it's we covered a lot. I think I hope you enjoyed Will. Anyone bring something up you want to keep rolling on or didn't have questions? You know, I had a question about Prateek. I can't believe you're here with the tie. Thank you for dressing up for our meeting. Good stuff. Dana, all right. Don't be reading from your book, my friend. Uh, although it's quite a good book, uh, but if you, you got it because we just don't have time. I, I do love your book. I helped with it. And your next book, is, is, it, is it officially out yet? Boomernomics? Boomernomics is
1: out. It's out now.
2: Oh, I can oh. I
1: can send it. It's all e version, a PDF, printable PDF, or a flipbook, which makes it really easy if oh, you're familiar with that format. Well,
0: the Pauls and the Reads on the show might might want to take issue with anything. Just let
1: me let me know. I'll be glad to send those links.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. Comments from you as we start to wrap up, and I'll stick around for any questions and stuff. Thanks for being patient with the. 11 o'clock start we're going to do 11 o'clock next week uh with becky and i'll send well i'll send some information about that out soon she's she's quite interesting dana
1: well i think will had so many good points and you know at the thirty thousand foot level this is a negotiation and i think that's what he was saying is don't let this be a one-way party and so uh there's a, a quote by a guy named Charles Carras, a uh, longstanding author. He said, in business as in life, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. And I think that's what Will's message was. He also, he hit, I had mentioned, I have top, the top 10 uh, top interviewing mistakes. He, he hit all of those. And number one was lack of preparation. And he, you, that's what he opened up with because we don't always take the time to prepare and do the research. That's very important to do. Um, also, have on here, don't, you know, talking too much or too little. Um, there was a comment earlier about, and I think maybe John, you made this comment about the more they talk, the more they like you. You know, it's an amazing thing. You need to get your points in, but that's just like sales and marketing 101, which this is. Um, failure to relate. Uh, he talked about the baseball study, the uh, baseball thing, and this is a touchy area because some people want to, that relational issue, and some don't. You kind of got to read it, but if you can, if you can come up with an authentic relate, relational point, that even senior senior executives are human; they will respond positive to that. Uh, he also I have here appearance of dis of disinterest when he emphasized the closing part of this at the end where. If you just kind of leave it open and you know we'll let you know in a couple of weeks da 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 and you don't take charge of that and, and being an in interviewer myself, I can tell you sometimes people walk away and like I don't know if that person was really interested or not, and so expressing your authentic interest and in, and in getting that closed down I think is is critical well,
0: I had a couple of recruiters, Dana say to me about you know clients that I've had to coach them on, you know i they really seem like a good fit but I just, they just didn't seem to want it or they didn't seem to have the sizzle. I was like, what? This is like finance job. (laughs) Well, you know, whatever it was, I was like, come on, Prateek, you've hired a lot of people. Do you relate to that at all? And then I hope you can stick around. Just want to go to a couple more people and then anyone else who has a question, I'll stay till the, the bitter end here.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, I think you definitely want, uh, you know, you want to see that energy and enthusiasm. I mean, if you're hiring
0: for like oil and gas and engineering and this stuff, but how do you express that and what do you want to see in a candidate?
7: Well, honestly i mean uh the way we do things again i work for exxon mobile so you know a lot of structure i mean there's definitely some screening up front and uh, we're expecting to see some leadership activities and roles kind of demonstrating initiative even before uh you get through the the first pass and so i think um you know john you're spot on and it's something i need to do as well is just I've I've started doing it on my linkedin you know if i'm if there's things i'm volunteering, you know dni is a great option. You know I kind of need to get more involved in some of those things and kind of get them you know get them added to my linkedin added to my uh, resume and I think those can be good uh, sources of stories and also to build on that enthusiasm uh, around what you do professionally.
0: Good, good stuff. Uh, Dr. Vicki, I know I called on you earlier. I didn't want to unfairly do that. Did you want to add to the discussion? Because we're going to host you on a whole separate show. Prateek, thank you. And Dana, thank you.
9: Well, can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Okay. All right. So as I was listening, I was thinking from the perspective of the candidate, I ask about the culture in the workplace. And I ask about whether they are focused on creating change or whether they are focused on having the same as what they've had. And that's been an important conversation that I've had as the candidate, but also an important conversation that I've had in hiring others. So I was appreciating that conversation or pieces of it today as well. Now I wonder if other people what would you ask about the question.
0: workplace culture. Do you agree with the the volunteering and getting started kinda like for Dr. Kevin? I know I want you two to speak, but what what's a good what's one or two questions you might you know, from that diversity perspective and not, you know, I'm not labeling you that I'm just saying like, what would be a good question to be ready for that you might like, we should expect because it's all out there and, and maybe a sample answer, but go ahead.
9: How is your organization responding to all of the social change around COVID and other things in the news? Do you all respond to that? Or is that, outside
0: of the scope of your work. Nice. Nice. Do you think early career people as well as more seasoned could ask that question or would you rephrase it for our financial executives or others or or our early career people?
9: I think it's a valid question across the board because what we, what the science shows in in this space is that there's a lot of diversity in the lower level, entry level positions and not nearly as much at the executive levels or places and spaces where there tend to be older um, employees. So I absolutely think it's an opportunity to ask, because, ask for anyone, because you wanna know how you fit in and if the place is really multi-generational or they're just saying it, or if they really intend to change or they're just saying it. Lots of places you, are just saying it and they can't put words to it.
0: And how would you define this since we're on this really quickly and then I'll, I'll move off. Thank you for answering this, but like, he and I right now, is it just a color thing, or is it a broader spectrum that
2: we should be aware of?
9: Oh, it's definitely a broader spectrum. I would say if everybody can think about inclusion and the time that you got talked over again and again and again, or your idea was spoken by someone else, and <laughs> that could be someone who's older than you, that could be someone who's quote-unquote more experienced than you, Everybody can relate to having that personal experience, and I think that's the voice of inclusion and equity that everybody can push forward. I want to participate in the conversation, and I would like to be heard when I talk and that's true whether you're entry level or senior
0: so B, you can be a part of that conversation you could you could join some volunteer groups and other things the things that have going attend yes. the seminar. being sensitive to these things, I think just separates you as a candidate and some of you, you know, if you're a veteran, if you, you have, quite frankly, special needs disabilities, um, it's, a, it's a broad spectrum. So embrace that and let's, let's not ignore it. All right. Great advice today. Who else wants to speak, have a question or want to make a point? I, I hope this was really helpful to you today. How about Janice, Gabriella, uh, uh, Scott, anybody who's kind of new? Nikki, is there anything that came up? That uh, you want to comment on, or or that you particularly like, Michelle. One, the Michelle from Fuquay.
2: <laughs> Helpful,
0: good. John Britt says it was okay. Got to head out.
10: Uh, I I have one story, John, on the uh, on the making sure you do your research uh but i had an interview it's like 15 years ago and i did this did the did the research watching the website all that stuff and i go to the interview that next day at noon or so and i hadn't looked at the website in the morning and they had just closed a funding round at that company and he asked me about it and i didn't see it because it was um it didn't happen till the next morning (laughs) and i I knew as soon as he asked and i didn't know anything about it that i wasn't going to get the job (laughs) you can you can be forgiven for that
0: 15 years ago but today you have twitter and That's so, right. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll post things on Twitter faster than anywhere else. And, yep. you know, just, you know, be excited about recent posting because they're usually trying to brag a little bit and say, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed that your, you know, your company just started a DNI initiative that, that, you know, went a little viral. And I, I saw the, your VP on uh, WRAL last night. I thought that was pretty interesting. Thought I just, you know, just noticed that before I came in. Little things like that sometimes kind of break the ice in a different way. And remember, it's about them, not about you. All right. Closing comments. Anybody? Thank you, Paul, for that. Um, Good stuff, Janice. Did this help you?
2: Yeah, I think it was really helpful. Um, I thought Will had so many good points,
0: and that was really nice to hear. Good, good. Michelle, quick, did this give you a little bump? You said you were, you thought you got some good stuff. Yeah, I think so. Stuff, we're in the battle, right? Gonna get you through it. <laughs> it's fun.
2: It's just all a right. lot. There's just a lot more going on out there that when I listen to a lot of this, it's like we hope that these employers are all following these, you know, I mean, being inclusive and doing all these things, but unfortunately, they're not there's a lot of them that still are you know playing the old game and they're still discriminating age discrimination is still rampant out there and unfortunately i'm in that box so we i'm I'm hoping things will change
0: yeah i hope so too and people like dr vicky and will and a lot of people associated with career pro are part of that change they're 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 working on they're they're fighting it dr gary i don't know if you heard him he said i'm he said, my mission in life is to fix one bad boss at a time. Like he just, you know, there's a lot of people that we love and associate with that are just, you know, it's a, it's a fight. I'm not going to lie. It is a fight out there for, you know, to make sure all voices are heard. And, and, you know, I I think we all ought to be all about that. And so um, we're your champion, Dana and I are here for you. will don't let that opportunity go by, send an invitation start a conversation. He'll give himself away to our clients. He's He's been helped by our clients. He's placed some of them, quite frankly, um, but he, he didn't come here just for that. He came here to serve us. So anyway, Scott, was this encouraging to you, Bruce? Um,
11: I acquired so much um, that my brain is full. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, we, that's a pretty,
0: Pretty good. That's a Kenyan man talking there and a Bowling Green guy. So you got some capacity there. Scott Waters, does this help you?
2: Give me a thumbs up. I can't hear you. Give me the thumbs up. That's good. This is new. Gabriella,
0: good. All right. All right. Paul, Charlotte, Paul, is it sunny out there? Are we getting rain today. What's going on? Give us a forecast.
2: Bright and sunny, 60 degrees. I'm uh, gonna go
0: mobile lawn. Outstanding. Michelle. <laughs> I, got, I got something. The other Michelle, hold on, Scott. Uh, you hate you said you hated Twitter. I wanted to comment on that just because you're new. I recommend if you don't want to tweet, and that's okay if you don't, Twitter is a good listening device. I don't highly recommend people just start tweeting unless you're kind of marketing and you got a game plan for that, but it is a good way to just follow listen and spy on your target companies because jobs will come through that way news um but like i hate it for the probably the same reasons you do <laughs> you know just the silliness of twitter i,
2: I ended up closing my twitter accounts i just got only, tired right. of all of the
0: political so stuff, of my, stuff and yeah most of my job seekers for for both michelle's is uh you know, use it. If you want to use it, use it to listen, use it to identify because companies like I called a one of their top talent people. And he was like, he goes, I don't know what we do in PR anymore. I know we just throw everything out on Twitter. I was like, you're a big scientific clinical research company. Okay. Well, all right. I'll tell my clients to do that. So, Hey, use it to spy. You don't have to use it to post. Um, so relieve yourself. If you think John's all about Twitter, he wants me to post. No, 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 no. All right. Anyway, uh, who did I miss? Was that good? Scott, you want to say yeah. something and we'll close um, with that.
4: Yes, I just realized through this whole meeting I was on mute. So I just un- unmuted myself. And that's why Will wasn't hearing that I, was ha- I had a question for him. He made a lot of good points. And I'm you know freshly back out in the, into the job market, searching for a job as a general manager in the hospitality industry. And um, I had a lot of good takeaways from what Will said. But there's one thing that I wanted to ask him that I didn't get so to ask. ask.
0: Here, see if we can handle it, and then we close.
4: Is that uh, when you're uh, when, when they ask? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you start? Where do you finish? Because I tend to get a little long winded and a little off track when I'm asked that question during an interview in the past. What kind of advice could you give me on that question?
0: We'll, we'll hit that really quick, but instead of me jumping in. Someone want to take that?
11: um uh, my uh, practice and it has not been any more successful than any other, I suppose uh, but it's the one I use is to um, emphasize what makes me unique uh, in my case, it's a uh, i think a a kind of a broad ranging uh, Old fashioned, because I'm old, uh, way of, um, well, the the description of an educated person used to be uh, that you knew uh, something about everything and everything about something. Uh, And, you know, I had a long career in the natural sciences uh, while I have a master's degree in history. Uh, So I can tell them, you know, I, I, straddle that line i have one foot in the world of ideas one foot in the world of measurement um i'm old but i also have uh some of the advantages of uh, uh of age um, well, and maturity yeah, and spirit. stability and stuff like that
0: you, you don't have to copy his uh, but i think for do what works for you number one if Bruce is comfortable with that he may be going for teaching or coaching or training jobs they may really want that experience in gravitas. Is anyone else face that question? Thank you Bruce and I'm going to answer it really quickly and close up.
10: I'll give my thoughts on this. I mean, I, I did Please. this last year for an interview and it was um and I found that now because I get long with it sometimes too. I practice what it is I need to say for that question. Before the interview, and it's got to be in however much time I think is okay, maybe two minutes or something. And I'm I'm highlighting the points in in my career in my resume that uh, I need, I want them to know. I'm leaving out the ones that are not. I mean, this is a this is a story about, me, but it's a story for them. And so uh, so I would just I kind of look at my resume and I kind of tell the story, and I'm like, wait, that's how I I want to hear it. What do they need to hear? And i just remove the stuff that isn't important.
0: Very good. Thank you, Paul. Let me answer it really quickly. I think the other Paul wanted to say something too. Uh, Here's the deal. Work on this for you and personalize it, make it right for you. One of the easy ways to do it is to deflect from yourself because it's so personal. Say, well, one thing about me, I'll just use my last boss said is that If there's a storm, you got to call John. So pick a quote, pick something that someone said about you, and let that be the thing that is the device to talk about yourself rather than, let me just tell you, real story, talk to a senior executive from a big manufacturing company that's maybe doing some coaching for us, Dana and I. Dana, you can attest to this. I said, tell me about yourself. Guess what she did? She started rattling through her resume and her volunteer experience. She didn't even listen. Now, am I going to stop her and say, no, I mean personal, like your personal life? No, it gives you an option, though, to give me a little insight into who you are. And then say on a personal note, I have, I got to brag on my kids. I got two right now boys that are nine and seven, and they just love baseball. So if I'm not working, I'm caught up in their baseball. I know you didn't ask about too much personal stuff, but let me just say, brag on a kid. Talk about one, one vignette, one little thing personal that matters to you. You know, I've got such a supportive spouse. Even if, if you don't, use something else. You know, I've got just an insatiable desire to read. I think some, someone doesn't know about me is that I'm a, I love reading fiction, nonfiction. That's kind of my hobby. I guess I'm kind of boring. Like, but pick something nice that someone said about you professionally and then maybe illustrate that with the example that brought you there. I love using OPW, other people's words. Try that. I think it'll work for you. Paul Kreisch, did you want to add to that as we close up?
6: Uh, Yeah, I I would just echo your sentiment. You got to be careful about not just regurgitating your resume. You have to assume they've read that. If you don't go a
10: slightly personal route, you at least have to go to something about your background and weave that into how you will be able to take that attribute,
6: your, your personal attribute, and help them in what their job description is looking to achieve. Because a lot of these interviews, depending on the time, if you've only got 30 minutes, 30 minutes goes like that. You want to make sure you get enough points out there about how your background and experience is Going to benefit them in the role. You don't want to spend too much time just rehashing what they've probably but, read. You know, but tell me read. about
0: yourself is you could use something humorous, Paul, like we've talked about this. You could say, Well, as you can tell, I'm from the South. I mean, just have fun with who you are and where you're from and or where you go, or something ironic. You know, you don't have to be a comedian, but you know, pick on something important. As you can tell from my accent, I'm from the South, Southern New York or whatever. And just say, no, I think one of the things that would, you know, it's on my LinkedIn or it's in one of my references, I believe would back this up is that, you know, the volunteer work I've done, if you're Reed, you know, just say that the PTA is run more like a business in the last five years with you at the, at the helm than any business I've ever been a heart part of Read, I'm going to serve as a reference for you. And I, I think you know, it may not be big, but it's something I'm proud of. And I think everything that I, you know, I work on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure it's the best it can be. One of my personality traits is a maximizer, and I want to make everything better before I leave it. I want to leave people and my organization better than when I started. That's my passion. I mean, that's about you. Man, be a little personal. Bring me into your life a little bit. Give me a little, you know, something. So any of those you need to work on personally uh, for you in your interview, Dana and I are here, absolutely, and we'll go from there. All right, last thoughts. Dana, give me some closeout words, and, and unless someone has anything, I hope this has been helpful and encouraging to you.
2: Thank you, John, for answering all those, uh, that question and elaborating. That helped me a lot, because sometimes when I, I'm
4: asked that question, I start off when I'm eight years old, and I go on this long rant. So that was good coaching. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Think about something that happened recently too, is that, you know, I had one person, I think one of the questions we asked, I heard they said was, you know, the person said, you know, I was working with someone in in my volunteer group and and one of the things that just, you know, it wasn't a paid job. It was just some of the volunteer and they said, Hey, I I know you're doing this for free and I, I just want to pull you aside. And I just want to say, thank you. I'm like, wow. I guess I would say to you is something about me is I love the I love hearing the word thank you. I don't have to hear it. People don't have to say that to me. But how many times as an executive chef has someone said thank you? And it really means something, doesn't it, Scott?
4: Yes, it does. Give
0: and you're right. Something real from your life right. and don't don't make it don't like he said, don't make it too personal, but bring me get a little heart in there. Let me know where you stand. All right, folks. We appreciate you. We're here for you and uh, we'll close it out here.
2: All right.
4: Thank you very much. Good meeting.
5: Yeah, you got it. See ya.